Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, today I'm here with Christy. So Christy and I met through the interwebs. I'm not even sure how exactly that happened, but it happened. Um, Christy has been a health and wellness in the health and wellness industry for the past 10 years and is a pelvic floor specialist, strength trainer, and nutrition coach. She helps working moms regain their fitness and fabulousness. I like that word. That's, that's, that's a new favorite word. <laughs> Uh, a recovered gym rat, her mission is to encourage women to regain their strength, love their bodies, rewrite their stories. The most important thing to Christy and what she passes on to her clients is making self-love a part of their everyday and celebrating each and every win, no matter how small. I like that. I tell people, like, even if you got out of bed and you put on pants, that is a win. That is a you win. Got it. You got it. Yep. Uh, when is she is not working, you can find her being active outdoors with her wife, cooking up something healthy and new in the kitchen and playing Legos with her four-year-old son. So Chrissy reached out to me and she said, have you had a queer mom on your podcast? And I'm like, I don't think so. So let's do this because a lot of people out there, um, they might be like me. So when I was growing up, you basically had gay or straight. And then when I became a teenager, bi got thrown in there. And, um, you know, we may not have grown up in areas where, uh, there was a lot of different labels, right? There's a lot of different um, definitions. And some people are like, that's because it didn't exist back then. And I'm like, no, dude, it did. There just wasn't like an actual like definition for yeah. it. You know, people were feeling like this back in the day too. It just, they just had like clear defined little boxes. Now the boxes are all over and there's a whole stack <laughs> lots of fun. And I love it. So share with us, Christy, what does the word queer mean? Like, how does, how is that defined? What does it mean to you? Um, is it, does it mean the same thing to everybody? Yeah, as far as, as far as queer goes, it's, I mean, it's been a blanketed term that's encompassed the queer community, essentially. So anyone who is, you know, gay, bisexual, lesbian, trans, it used to kind of be that term, that's that sort of overriding term. And then now, as you say, like, as much as the spectrum of being, you know, homosexual to heterosexual is, is really varied, it's now we're coming up with better terminology, better ways of representing ourselves. So um, not everyone likes labels, but for me, I find giving a label to myself gives me some sort of identity. And so I appreciate that. So for me, I use the word lesbian. So that's a woman who likes to be with other women or with other women. And so um, again, if you go to like gay, gay men is a gay man that likes to be with other men. And then it goes from there. And there's now there's pansexual and there's bisexual and there's gender queer and gender creative and the terms go on um and uh and yeah so there's there's quite a variance in that for sure do you know all the terms that's what i'm wondering because some people think like yes if you're gay you must know all of these terms just like if you're transgender you must know all of the gender terms and i'm like i don't think that's how that works it it doesn't and unfortunately <laughs> like well or fortunately i mean what whatever it it is for you you kind of you get people into your awareness that that teach you things and so I my, my, my wife has worked for a nonprofit organization that is called out in, out in schools out on screen is the is the is the profit nonprofit organization and then they run some uh, smaller programs and within that she's worked with 
you know, every walk of life in terms of the queer community. So she's had a lot to feed me and teach me. And so I've learned a lot from her. Um, but as far as the terminology goes, no, it, it changes and people come up with ways that they like to be referred to. For example, I have people in my, in my, um, my softball league that suddenly came to me and said, actually, I don't like the word she, can you please call me they? Mm -hmm. And I had a hard time understanding that. I was like, what, what is they? They represent a group of people to me. But as I've now been in it more, I get it. I see, right, they actually don't identify as male or female or she or he. They actually just want to be who they are. And so they want to be referred to as a neutral term. And so, but as far as all the terms, I don't know them all. I don't know all the definitions. I'm, I'm still in it. I'm learning too, just because I'm gay, you know? <laughs> no, I think it's such a, a closed-minded thing. And I'm not trying to insult anybody who's listening, but like that we assume just because somebody's gay, they know all of the terms or just because somebody's straight, they know all of the terms, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know all of the things that are out there. I, I have no idea. I didn't even know there was such a thing as cisgender until I was reading a book earlier this year. And I said to my husband, I said, what's cisgender? And he's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. So I Googled it. You know, Google is the favorite place to go. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'm like, there's a term for, you know, people who identify as the gender they were born as. And that's I'm right. like, that's cisgender. And he yeah. was like, I had no idea. And I'm like, well, it makes sense. If there's transgender, then there needs to be a term for who the people who are not transgender um, exactly and, and then you have the whole spectrum of gender um identification as well some people don't identify as a gender so it can be it can be fun and interesting to learn if you're open to doing it right um, totally. some people are not so open to it but i'm one of those people i'm like i want to learn i want to know these things i want to understand because it's hard to understand another per person's lifestyle if you are not living that lifestyle either. So do you, have you and your wife um, come across in public, going out in public as, you know, as a gay couple of uh, people discriminating against you or making comments or being rude? Um, my, my current, my wife and I that I'm uh, with right now, no, we haven't had, um, we've been very lucky. I think for us, we, we got together in a small interior BC community, BC Canada, um, a little, little town of Nelson. And if you ever look up Nelson or if you've ever been there, it's a total hippie, like lots of queer people. They call it the lesbian capital. So there's lots of queer women. It's this really great place. And we met there. And luckily for us, we met in this community that was very open and accepting and didn't bat an eye at who you were. And so we didn't deal with any of that. Um, in fact, we actually had people coming up to saying oh you're the sweetest you look so nice together you look so happy and then they're just like really really overpouring love from the community and that was really sweet um my ex and i back in southern ontario where i grew up um we did have some discrimination problems we were egged one night on the way out of a bar and it wasn't targeted us specifically but we were egged because we were in a queer environment and we were coming out of the bar to our going to our car and there was people throwing eggs at us yelling queers faggots you know just really really rude um discriminatory you know terms and then we had a couple other experiences when we were together and the difference i think then was that my ex was very um introverted and not very comfortable with who she was and i was starting to get more comfortable about being who i was and not caring what other people thought not in a bad way but just really accepting that i'm who i am and if you don't like me and you don't even know me and that's kind of sad you know and then we don't need to be friends and so um but my my wife flora she is very open and extroverted and very and so am i so when we're out in the world we're just like we love life like if you like us we're, we're good you know and we've never had a problem so we've been very lucky that way for sure 
Uh, I'm familiar a little bit with Canada. My grandfather was actually born and raised in Montreal. Um, cool. So I'm from like upstate New York. And when people are like, where? I'm like, Canada. I'm pretty much <laughs> like the very border of the tippy top of New York and Canada. That's nice. where I'm from. Uh, so yeah, I, I completely understand how it just as it is in the States, in Canada too, you have little pockets of different societies, right? You go to different states or different areas in different states in the United States, you'll find that too. And, and some people forget that Canada's, it, it is a whole country, but there are little different <laughs> territories and they work a little bit differently as well. You yeah. know, and depending on where you might be, it depends on how uh, receptive the people will be. But do you find that now with, you know, the internet and how open people are that it's easier to find those people who are more accepting versus those people who are um, going to try to discriminate upon you. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen a shift even in my life. Um, like I came out to my to my family ooh, when I was 19, 20, 21, kind of in that time. And um, I'm 38 now. So even in that 20 year span, I've seen in leaps and bounds as far as, you know, they're putting anti-bullying programs in the schools in Canada. They've got, you know, um, lesbian queer alliances so that it helps to bridge the gap when there's kids feeling like, I don't know who I am, where do I go? And they connect with these groups in their school and then they have this alliance between the rest of the students so they feel like they're they're inclusive, that everything's inclusive. So even that, they never had that. Like I had, I was in a school, high school with 2,500 plus kids and there was one black woman in my whole high school and I didn't even know what game it was back then. So for me, I was like confused and didn't know what to do and who do I talk to? I've got nobody. And now there's all these programs that are coming up and, and you're, you're right online. You can connect with groups and people that you can find support where you need it. And I think that's the key is really like reaching out, finding those people that, that care about you and support you no matter what. And then it, it's really, yeah, it's pretty amazing actually. Yeah. When I was in high school, the tough thing was um, for same sex couples to buy tickets to prom. They would mm -hmm. not allow them to buy same sex, same sex couples to buy tickets to prom together. Like right. country, like high schools across the United States were having, like it was in the news. It was a big deal that people were being denied being able to buy their tickets because of this. I don't remember if it happened in my high school, but my high school was really small. So, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't as big as other places where, you know, um, it would have been very obvious if somebody was discriminated upon in my school versus like bigger high schools, it's kind of easy for people to brush it on the rug, right? And pretend totally. like it doesn't exist. Exactly. And I love the fact that the internet is allowing people that voice to be able to say, you know, it is not just a straight Christian white world. <laughs> like, right. There are totally. so many other people out there and people forget about that. And it, it actually drives me really crazy because I, I have all spectrums in my own family. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's really hurtful when I hear people say those kind of things because I'm like, you're discriminating people against people I love, people I really mm -hmm. care about, and you're saying these things. Um, and I just, it, I get really worked up. I want to cry right now. I'm like, what? Um, so what is it like raising a child um, in a same-sex couple? Do you, do, does your child have questions or is it just like, this is normal. This is my everyday life. Like, I don't know why people don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely been a journey for us, uh, for me more so than, than Flora, as far as the parenting goes. Um, I grew up in a home that I have a handicapped brother. He's got spinal bifida and he was only given three days to live. And so yeah. I witnessed 
Um, my parents go through a lot of stress and struggles. I have a sister as well who's a, the middle child and my brother's the youngest. And so I witnessed what that was like for my parents to really go through that stress and raise a child and a child with a, with a disability and um, what it took the toll and the relationship took the toll on our family. Um, and so for me, I was a bit resistant initially to have children and I was actually resistant to get married. I was like, yeah, I'm a lesbian. I don't have to get married or have kids. It's like off the table. And it was for me, it was liberating in a way. And then, you know, life goes on and you're only 20 and you're like, oh, actually now I'm coming around 30 and maybe I'm going to be open to these things. Right. So for me, um, meeting Flora really opened my eyes to a lot of things because she you just had a different view on it. And she really encouraged me and helped me see that actually yeah, having a child is going to be an amazing experience. And the experience that my parents had isn't my story. That's their story. And I need to let that be their story. Um, so yeah, we went into, yeah, having, having a child was definitely a different experience as, as two women, as you can imagine. Um, and luckily we connected with a, with a known donor in our, you know, we went on the interweb, as you say, and we connected um, through an online group that was a known donor registry and the donor could have been anywhere in Canada and he happened to be in Vancouver where we lived, which was very wow. convenient, the guy that we chose. So we, um, we were able to pursue that right in our own community. And, um, and we were blessed with, with a child. So suddenly we're, you know, these queer parents and we've got, we've got this little guy and he, um, he, just to give you a bit of a backstory, because I think this is really important, this part of the, of the story for people. Um, I had an identity crisis back when, when I realized I was gay. I was like, I don't feel like a man, but I, I'm, I'm you know, not feeling like a woman. So who am I? And then I was like, oh, when I realized, oh, I'm a lesbian and I'm okay to love women. Okay, cool. I'm good with this. Like I can move on. It happened again when we were deciding to have Griffin, our little guy. Um, I was like, suddenly I'm not dad, but I'm not birth mom. So who am I? And I'm going through this, this identity crisis again. And it was really stressful. And then we decided that, you know, we came up with some terms that refer to mom in another way. And so we came up with that and Mimi was what we came to. So it's kind of mom, but it means beloved in Italian. So it was a very connection, nice connection for me. And, uh, and so, yeah, he, he came out and we've got Mimi and mama and that's how we went. And he's four and he doesn't, he hasn't asked a ton of questions yet. He hasn't asked, you know, do I have a dad? And, you know, what does that look like? And why is my family different? He has just embraced what is, and he's got a pretty good life. And he just knows that, yeah, we're here for him in whatever way, you know, so it's been, uh, it's been neat so far. He hasn't had very many questions. I have a feeling that when it comes to children, they don't really realize that their life may not be completely the same as other people's until they reach school age, right? Yeah. Until they've been in school a little while and then they're hearing their friends talk and they're comparing like, we have a blended family. I have four children and um, th three pregnancies. So each pregnancy had a different dad. And, okay. um, and, and it's hard because when other kids ask my kids questions, they don't understand and they use words like, half sister and we don't use those words in our house um or they use like words like stepdad which my my daughters know that my husband is their stepfather but we don't use that word in of our course house. yeah so it's weird when they're in school because they'll come home and ask questions well why why do why does lillian and carmel have different dads and not the same dad as ours or lillian will be talking and she's like why do i have two different dads, <laughs> you know, it's so confusing, but they didn't know like Lillian when she was little and I married my husband um, and had the twin. She didn't know that, that her having two different families was weird until she got to school age. And then yes. kind of pointed it out to her that, Oh, you're different. You have a different, mm -hmm. I just told her she has lots more people to love her. Exactly. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. 
And that's where it comes to, for sure. And I think that's the same with Griffin. Like he, he's asked questions. The interesting thing is we read a lot of books. And so I try to always pick books at the library, like my two mommies. And once in a while we'll get that kind of book or my two dads, or I'm different because, and we try to get these kinds of stories for him so that he like sees the differences. But he started to catch on where he's asked, cause I'll change words and I'll say, you know, Mimi said this. And he's like, well, wait a second. Does that actually say mom? That doesn't say Mimi and he's questioning me now and it doesn't that say dad and I'm like, oh no, he's starting to learn words. So it's like, I have to be creative, but I also have to be respectful that he's asking these questions, right? Um, and, and being ready to explain it. So I've got a, we're actually looking at a couple of books right now. We're reading one called My One and Only because we're only having one and that's what we've been blessed with and we're moving on from that. Um, but also books for him to be like, okay, what's it going to be like when he says, who's my dad? And we can explain what a donor is like and, and how that is going to play out in his life. And so we're just getting to that point now. Where we're going to get into that kind of, um, you know, materials and researching that. So I don't have any more to share on it right now, unfortunately. It just makes it a fun, new, interesting way to look at life, right? Totally. He's going to grow up with this whole uh, different perspective that other children may not have because their their parents shelter them. They shelter okay. them from these things. You know, my kids see two women holding hands walking down the street. They don't even know that, that, that that's a thing. Like, they're just <laughs> like, whatever. Like, to them, it's no big deal because we don't make it as a big deal. Like, exactly. we're not like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And um, ironically, so I don't know if you saw in the news or if it was in the news in Canada, uh, a, a Navy pilot in the United States drew a dick in the sky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. I thought it was hilarious too. Many people got offended. Sure. Um, but some people were like, how do I explain this to my kids? And I'm thinking like, how do your kids, the only way your kids would know that that was wrong is if you said something because a six-year-old is going to have no idea. One, they're going to have no idea what they're looking at. And two, <laughs> they're not going to know it's wrong unless you make a big deal out of it. Right. Yeah. You got um, it. So that's really about us and how we raise our children is, you know, how we talk about certain things is how their perspective is going to be molded. And exactly. so my kids don't see an issue with anybody being married. I've told them like, you can marry a woman, you can marry a man, you can marry anybody, the purple, purple eater, people eater. <laughs> I don't care. Right. Like yeah. do what you, whoever you love. And, and my, my daughter's like, I don't want to get married. I'm like, then you don't have to get married. Right. Yeah. I don't want to have babies. Don't have babies. Like, <laughs> Do whatever you want. Like nowadays the world is not this, one size fits all box anymore, right? Like it's yeah. just like this big, beautiful thing. And I, it's just, it's lovely. And I, I love it. Um, so sometimes how, how did it go over? We're going to backtrack a little bit. How did it go over when you told your parents? Ooh, yes. So that definitely, that's a, that's a good topic to bring up. And I think it's really important for a lot of the listeners who um, maybe have been on the fence with maybe their sexuality or, you know, have questioned maybe not even their sexuality, but about things in their life that they're a little bit shy to share. Um, for me, it was definitely a, uh, just to give you some backstory on, on sort of my, my relationship with my family. My mom left my dad when I was a year old. So we had a very strong bonded mother-daughter relationship um, from very early on. And we, you know, she moved on and remarried when I was uh, three or four. And so again, like you said about the stepdad, I had a stepdad, but essentially he was the man that raised me and he's, I've never called him stepdad in that way. And so he's always been my dad. Um, but when I was deciding to come out, 
the biggest fear for me was what the, how that was going to change the relationship with my mom because we had this bond that was beyond mom, right? It was like my friend, my confidant, my, the person I went to for everything was, was her. And so I was afraid that if I came out and told her who I was, she wouldn't understand and that I would be shunned. And so um, it was the hardest four years of my life. I would, I would say definitely the hardest four years of my life. When I came out, um, she didn't get it. She blamed herself. She thought there was something wrong with me. It was really difficult. And, and not that it's just religious related. We aren't a religious family. Um, she had a handicapped son already, which also is an eye opener to be like, you know, the world is different and it's okay. But I think she just went to this internal place of like, I did something wrong raising her. And what is it, you know, and couldn't get around that. So for three or four years after our relationship was very strained, I didn't, you know, I just, I needed to get past it because I needed to get back to where we were, but I had to let her get there and take her process and her time. And so about three or four years later, um, our relationship slowly started to repair and I left Ontario to come to British Columbia at that crucial time where I was like, I just need to get out of here because I need a break from this. And it was the best decision I made because the relationship totally started repairing because she started missing me in the way that I missed her. And it now when I go back to visit, she's all about my family. She's all about Griffin and Flora and can't wait for her to see us and can't wait to come and visit and those kinds of things. And it's so nice. So I think when you push past those fears, the thing that's on the other side, if it's meant for, you know, for you, it's your truth and your uniqueness, it's going to be better for everybody. And so if that's the one thing that I can share, it's like really trust that. Um, yeah. And my, my whole theory is uh, when it comes to being yourself is if the people – shun you they don't want to be around you because you're truly being yourself do you really want them in your life anyways right exactly and as hard as that is there are you know there are people that you know don't really communicate or don't associate with me anymore and and for one reason or another and it's maybe that they don't get it or we're just not meant on the, we're not on the same track anymore and that's okay and you have to be okay with that too you're not going to please everyone you're not going to please everyone being straight you know what i mean so it's it's nothing it can be anything in your life but just being sure you're being true to yourself right because you got to live your life for yourself exactly i offend people on a weekly basis it's okay <laughs> like i feel like if my week has gone by and i haven't offended at least one person i'm not doing my job <laughs> Because you're being true to yourself, right? You're saying what you mean and what you feel. And it's like, sometimes people don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some people really don't like it. They're like, come on now. Can't you just pretend like you're not this person? I'm like, no, this is who I am. Accept yeah, me or right. don't accept me. It's okay. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear though that that is a happy ending, right? That your mom did come around and that you guys are closer now because I know yeah. that that's not the, the way it is for everybody, but it's an amazing thing that you can have that. Is, uh, is your wife also close to her family? Yeah, she had a very different sort of coming out story, if you will. She grew up with two hippie parents in, in British Columbia and, uh, and when she you know, decided that or her come out that she was bisexual, her mom's like, oh, cool, great. <laughs> when do I meet her kind of thing like it was very much like totally relaxed and didn't care she's just like whoever you want to be with great bring them home you know and um had a very different experience so when she came out that she was with me it was more her ex-boyfriend slash common-law husband that had the bigger problem than her family and she brought me to her parents her parents are separated so we went to her dad's and she introduced me and we had a great connection and you know, we get along great. And then she took me to her mom's and we, I just kept coming around and now we've been together almost 10 years and it's like, Oh, she guess she's here to stay. And this is it, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, her story is very different, but, um, very, very accepting. And I feel very loved from all of them. So it's, uh, yeah, pretty great. Pretty, and pretty your special. son just has like this whole loving family who yes. are 
Like, that's so fantastic. I love hearing that. I would be more like Flora's parents. I really would. I'm like, <laughs> I have four kids. There's a good chance, you know? The stats, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The statistics say it's a possibility. So I'm just like, cool. Like, this is great. I'm, I'm one of, and I'm my daughter, my oldest daughter is 14. We've had conversations before. Cause she's like, you know, I don't know. Like sometimes I'm confused and I'm like, honey, that's okay. I think that's normal. Like that's, I was, you know, we all go through that stage where we're confused. Um, and it doesn't mean that, you know, we are gay, straight, bi, whatever. It just means like, you don't know because there's so much information coming at you. And I was like, whatever, whatever you feel when you get a little bit older and you, you know, are able to be a little more intimate with people. And so then yeah. you're able to clarify that as like, then you'll know. And I'm like, I'll accept you no matter what, because that's who you are. And it's wonderful because, uh, at 14, she knows almost all the, the terms. Like I'll ask her and I'll be like, what does this mean? Cause I don't know what that means. And it's her generation, right? That, that that's normal to them. Like they use these terms. And, and she said she finds that most of her friends are pretty open-minded. Um, the ones that aren't is usually because their families aren't, but generally right. the kids her age are very open-minded. They have the internet at their fingertips. They're, they're finding out all these things as they come and go. And to them, this is everyday life. Like, you know, they see it being so, such an open space for everybody. You know, equality yeah. is a huge thing for her generation and it's wonderful to see because that's not how I grew up. You know? That's right. People That's right. Pick on me as a kid because my mom um, actually uh, pitched for the gay softball team. And they, That's amazing. Yeah, she did. And people were, or, I think she pitched. She played for them. That's all I knew. And um, they would pick on and ask if my mom was gay. Like all the time, kids my age would be like, is your mom gay? Because my mom said that she plays for the softball team and all of them are gay. And I'm like, can she not be straight and play for a gay softball team? Like right. I don't get this. Yes. yes. <laughs> It gets blanketed as this thing, right? Like, I've played softball since I was four, and I'm gay. I happen to be gay. And you know what? There was lots of people through my, you know, last 30 years of playing softball that weren't gay, but they really enjoyed the sport. So it can't be just this blanket thing. That's, that's interesting that she dealt with, that you dealt with that. Yeah, and it was, and to me as a child, it was like no big deal. Like, I couldn't understand why people thought it was a big deal because that was my everyday, like, whatever. Like, sure. you know, Peggy and Sue, they, they're they're girlfriends. It's okay. Like, <laughs> not a big deal. And to me, I mean, but I understand that a lot of people were brought up that same way and maybe they're listening right now and they're having a, they're struggling to hear this and, and mm -hmm. understand and open their minds a little bit. Yeah. Um, so what is something that you want, you want people to know? Like I, I know um, when we were talking, some people think that, you know, gay is a choice. You choose to be gay. Oh yeah. This is yeah another whole rabbit hole that we could go down. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. That is that is a conception or misconception that a lot of people have is that it's a choice. Um, as far as as you know, choosing it. If if you really sit and think about it, most of us wouldn't choose to do something that's going to make our lives potentially more difficult, potentially deal with inequality, potentially discrimination, all of these different things that potentially could happen to us, and walk around with fear. You know, why would we choose that? It's not a choice. It's something, you know, innate that just, I don't know, it just happens. And for me, looking back, like people have asked me, when, when did you know you were gay? And it's like, well, looking back, I had a crush on my grade two teacher, but I didn't know I was gay. I just thought I liked her, you know? And, and so going through school, like, you know, getting to high school, like you said, your daughter being 14, it's amazing that you're so open and accepting and just being like, talk about stuff and, and make them aware of what's out there because 
it's so much better. There's a dialogue, right? And they have support and they know that they're accepted no matter what. And I didn't have that in part because my parents didn't know. Um, but it, yeah, it was this thing for me. It's like, you just really need to take a step back and, and what do you, what do you need in your life? You know, and, and what matters to you? Um, yeah. I completely agree. And I, I think that we need to have those open dialogues. I had such a good one with my, my little ones are six and mm-hmm. I had a such good one with them because we were watching Ellen and it was her 20th anniversary special of her coming out on TV. And they were just like, what does that mean? And so I got to have like a great conversation with them, you know, at six years old and you can tell like, they don't even have preconceived notions at that age. Like they just, no. to, they're just like, okay, like, sure, whatever. that's great. And I was yeah. like, and she's been with her wife for like a really long time and not even a blink of an eye because these kids don't even, we've never made it, you know, like I said earlier, we never made it a thing. We've mm-hmm. never, you know, I've always had this open dialogue with my kids that they ask questions. I try to answer them as honestly as I can. Mm-hmm. And my husband does so as well. And I actually have a transgender cousin who we see some, we see when we go visit families and, you know, they've asked questions. The little ones don't understand as much, but the older ones have been like, um, I don't know what's going on here, you know, <laughs> you know and you explain it to them and, and they, uh, they understand because if at that age, they aren't questioning what you say. They're just like, mm-hmm. okay, sure. All right. This is great. And, right. um, I feel like people listening right now could really take away from that is if you have these open, um, dialogues and these open conversations with your children, if in the future, they discover that they too are gay or bisexual or transgender or any of the things mm-hmm. that they will feel comfortable coming forward to you, to you and not hiding it. Yes. Yes. You don't want them to hide. You don't want them to hide because then it just suffocates them and they don't feel that they have a support system. So that doesn't lend itself to being very open in who they are. And that's, that's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's like squashing it. You don't want to squash it. Let it, let them be who they want to be. And I think going on that whole thing about, you know, explaining to your kids about the trans um, person in your, in your, in your family, uh, people look at Flora and I, and I'm very much, if you looked at us from the outside, very much more um, androgynous. I wear, you know, men's, I love men's cargo pants and I wear, you know, just regular shirts and Flora likes to dress up and wear makeup and different things. So she plays the, the female role and I tend to play the more male role if you looked at us from the outside. But when it comes down to it in the home, it's very interesting because I'm very much the soft, you know, mothering type and she's very much the sort of more um, buoyant, like, you know, dad role and she's got the more, the bigger voice and she will raise her voice and get angry and snap and those kinds of things, right? And for me, I'm always the more mothering, kind of calming, caring person. So you wouldn't know by looking at people, uh, that's another thing, misconceptions, like you look at them, you think, oh, there's the dad, there's the mom. It's like, actually, no, that it doesn't work like that. We're both women. We both have these, you know, these inner things that we, of who we are and we express them in different ways just because we dress a certain way or have short hair, you know? So it's, um, there's such a variance. There's such a variance in all of it. And it can go for heterosexual couples too. Like True. in certain Very roles, true. in certain roles, I am the more masculine one in my relationship. Right. <laughs> yeah. I have a very I have a very big personality and I can bulldoze my husband pretty well. Um, but then there are certain roles where he's more masculine than I am in our relationship as well. Um, so I think it can go for all. And and like you said, people just assume, um, when it comes to how people look or even their gender, how, how their personality is, but that's not exactly how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. My twins are boy-girl twins, and I will tell you, 
my daughter is the more masculine one. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, nice. She's nice. very, um, she is very, has a very strong personality. That's how I like to put it. She has a very okay. strong personality. Well, my, my son is more soft and um, more sensitive mm-hmm. than his sister is. So you mm-hmm. see that. And um, I, I love that you brought that up because so many times people just look on the outside, right? Yes. And then they try to box us into what we should be like because of what we look like, whether it is our sex or how we dress or anything like that. I mean, that's not how that works. No. And it goes right down to like for us, we, I've dealt with a little bit of stuff from family around, you know, I'm the, I'm the male role because Flora birthed the baby. And for me, um, I've been looked at as the provider by some family members. And like, you, you can't have a baby. You're not the, you're not the mom. You're, you know, you're the provider. You're the one that's supposed to be out working. And it's like, um, when Griffin was six months old, I lost my job and Flora went back to work and I was taking care of him for a year and a half. I pretty well raised him as a baby until he was two, until we both went back to work. And I loved it. I was like totally the homemaker. I loved it. And, and you wouldn't look at me on the outside and think that. And we dealt with some stuff from family. And now it's like, you know, you can be whoever you are. And you don't have to fill that mold. Like there's just, it's, it's just so, I don't know. The world is so wide open. Just, just be who you want to be. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Be who you want to be. Yeah. Because we do, and we judge so we judge so quickly other people, you know, and how we we think they should be. Mm-hmm. And when they don't live up to our expectations, then we get disappointed and angry. And yes. instead of being like they're humans, we're all humans. We're all humans living on this earth, and we're all different and unique. It's fantastic. It makes makes the world so much more interesting when yes. we're all different versus yes. cookie cutter you know, individuals who all think and act and, you know, love the same. Like that's, that's not how this works. And it's so much more fun when you look, when you look at the eyes of like with an open mind and see, wow, there is so much diversity out there and there's so much I have to learn. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's it. We all have something to learn. We're all here. And, And I think that's really what it's come down to for me now that I'm a parent it's really looking at my son and being like, what is he teaching me? Cause every day he's teaching me something new that I hadn't considered before or a different perspective on something. And I'm like, right. And so that's what we are for our parents. And like, they're learning too. And just really having compassion for that whole process. Um, yeah, that's definitely something that's come to come to me since becoming a mom for sure. So what are the most obnoxious, um, preconceived notions people have had about you and your family? Who uh, me and my family. Um, Definitely, well, maybe not about family, but definitely about being gay. It's like, oh, I have a friend in like Montreal that's gay. You might know them. And it's like, really? we don't all know each other. We're not a cult. Like, you know, we, we have this thing that they just assume we all know each other, right? So I mean, your husband's in the military. Oh, do you know that person that's in this military base? It's like, no, it's so big. Like, really? So that's this funny thing. Um, and I think the other thing, like we've talked about, about us filling these certain roles and so at home, again, like I'm the one that wrestles with Griffin on the floor. I'm the one that goes in the kitchen and bakes cookies. Flora doesn't bake. She doesn't like that part of, you know, the job. And then she, um, you know, she doesn't enjoy wrestling because she's got long hair and he pulls her hair and he pokes at her and she cries and, you know, this whole thing. So I think that's another part of it too, where it's like they have this idea of what our home life might look like, but that's actually not probably true. Um, and I think about other things that have kind of been put on us, I guess our careers as well. Like we both are very career oriented and very driven. 
And so he's witnessing that. And I, and I think that people often think, well, who's the mom that stays home and cares for everything? Because a lot of times that is what happens when kids are young. Um, but we aren't, we're both out in the world doing our career and we, we trade off. So he's not in daycare more than a day a week and we make it work. So I think that's, you know, potentially another thing that people kind of think they wonder how it all works. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think those would be the main, the main couple of things. I love that how people think that your life looks any differently than the rest of us. Like, <laughs> like just cause you're gay, it makes your life way different. Like it might how people can where you know like people treat you or talk to you sometimes but in general like every day day to day it's you know you're doing the same things that's right everybody else is doing that's right we did have one funny experience we were living in a in a condo building and there was a woman above us and she was i believe she was from jamaica and um, she used to wear these wooden click clickety shoes and she had like a wooden floor and we were below her and like, it was seriously so loud. So we finally had to leave a note under the door to say, can you please take off whatever you're wearing because it's really loud. So didn't she come down a couple days later and I wasn't home and I left the note and she comes to the door and Flora opens it and she says, um, somebody's left a note about my noise. And Flora goes, yeah, it was my wife. And she's like, your husband left the note? And Flora's like, no, it was my wife. My wife left the note and the lady's still standing there stunned. And she said it a third time. She's like, your husband, right? Your husband left the note for us. It's like, what part did you not hear? And she got kind of angry at her. And then she's just like, okay, right. She's from another generation. She doesn't get it. It's okay. And she kind of backed off, but she's just like, what part are you not hearing? So yeah, people have these ideas of what it should look like, right? So Yeah, I love that. Well, we are running low on time. It goes by really fast. Like, people yes, don't believe did. me when people are listening to the podcast and they're like, oh, well, how could this go by really fast? It really does. Um, mm-hmm. If there is something that, if there's one thing that you want to leave my audience with um, around anything that we've talked about, maybe something that we didn't touch on or just, you know, some words of wisdom, what would you want them to know? Yeah, I'd really just, you know, really sit with it and and realize that, you know, being gay is, it doesn't change who you are, whether it's you, your kids, anybody who's listening, like, it really doesn't change you to the root of who you are. You're still the same person. It's still your baby. It's still, you know, still the same human being. It's just living your life on an authentic, you know, really just being true to yourself. And whether you're supporting your family member through this or it's yourself and you're, you know, wondering, should I come out? Is this going to ruin everything? If you feel in your heart that this is what you need to do, then you need to leap and you need to do it and everything else will fall into place because that's just how it has to work, right? And you can't live in a box and confined. You you have to really let your spirit out, let your soul breathe and let, let it just really be. So um, if anything I say to take away, it's it's just be true to yourself and, and love yourself first. That's a big thing that I talk about with my clients, to really just love yourself first. And when you do, it spreads out to the world and everything else that you're doing. So. And yeah. I'm going to link up all of your um, links and everything in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. And we talked about possibly having a surprise for people over there. So better Absolutely. go check it out. And so in case anybody wants to connect with you, Christy, um, Christy does work in the health and wellness field. So if anybody's looking for a little extra help on that, I tell people I do the foundational level. If you need some like more deep level <laughs> stuff, you need to find a, a, you know, somebody that is 
is in that space. I was in that space for a little while, but it did not light me up. And I had to like be really honest with myself to say, this is not, this is not my jam. This is Fair enough. Jam. <laughs> no, you got to do, you got to work in your zone of genius, right? I'm great at like, you know, being able to work on my own health and wellness. And I liked helping people with theirs. But when it came to like the really deeper level stuff, I was like, yeah, no, not me. And like you said, it's really about being real with yourself, no matter what. You know, mm-hmm. gay, straight, bi, anything. You need to be really real with who you are, how you want to live your life. And the sooner that you allow yourself that opportunity to be yourself, you will find that things just kind of fall into place. It might be a little rough at first because people are going to have a hard yeah. time adjusting to the fact that you are no longer the person that they thought you were. But after a while, it becomes really magical. And you're like, this is who I am. We're all, take me or leave me. Let's go. You got it. It's liberating. It's freeing. It's, it's seriously everything that I've, you know, imagined it would be. I am living like this beautiful life now. And I'm so happy. And I hope that everyone can have this experience because, uh, yeah, it's pretty magical. Like you say, it's amazing. Well, Christy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've really enjoyed listening to your accent because it's been a long time since I've been around <laughs> Canadians. So I'm like, I'm home. I'm home. Nice. I love it. <laughs> thank you so much, Megan, for having me. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.